Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to just take a few minutes this morning to talk to you but, uh, as we continue with our Immerse Bible study, Understanding God's Word. And uh, this past uh, Sunday, uh, just to kind of review some things, you know, I talked to you about uh, what Paul had written to uh, the Philippians uh, about how they could rejoice in the Lord always. And we talked about how when Paul wrote that letter that the Philippians were going through some tough battles in their life. They were being challenged from all different ways, from certain people and from circumstances in their life. But Paul said, listen, don't, don't, don't rejoice in people and don't rejoice in circumstances because people are going to let you down and circumstances are going to come sometimes. Life isn't always fair. But one thing for sure, he tells them, is that you can always rejoice in the Lord because of what the Lord has done for you and where he's brought you from. Why don't you go ahead and clap your hands and say, I rejoice in the Lord today. I do rejoice in the Lord. And then Wednesday night, I picked right back up on another letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians, and Paul was writing to them because just like the Philippians, they were facing their own battles where they were at in their life. And Paul reminded him, he says, look, there's going to be times in your life when you're going to be weak and you're going to be weary and your, te- uh, your faith is going to be tested at times, and you're going to be challenged. But Paul said, listen to me. You can be strengthened with power so you can have great endurance so you can keep going in your walk of faith with Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul was saying that, I will, that God would give you a power to keep you going so you don't have to give up in life because sometimes we can almost feel like giving in and giving up. But Paul says if you would just tap into the power of God, which is an exploding supernatural power, he will pick you up and keep you going so you can keep the faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So we need to make sure that we're strengthening that exploding power that God gives us in our life so we can keep going. This past uh, week, if you were reading in your immersed Bible study, you should have read the Gospel of Mark, and you should have covered First and Second Peter, and you should have read uh, Jude. How many of y'all read your immersed Bible study this week? All right, two of you. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding. Hands up all over the place. Thank you for reading your Bible. Everybody should read your Bible every day. It's just a good place to say amen. Everybody should read your Bible every day. Amen. Yes. So today, I feel like on this Sunday, that through what we studied this week, that God laid on my heart a powerful story that we find in the Gospel of Mark. Now, the Gospel of Mark is uh, one of my favorite Gospels out of all the Gospels. Uh, one reason why is because the way Mark writes uh, in his own style, but he's kind of short and he's to the point, but he does share a lot of detail. And if you read the Gospel of Mark, which I'm sure you did, you, you see sometimes it's sort of like Paul, uh, Mark is just kind of telling you, look what Jesus did here, and then look what Jesus did there, and then he jumps over here, and it's all about these things that Jesus has done, these supernatural works. And there's a powerful story in the Gospel of Mark 
uh, of a man that finds freedom in Jesus Christ. But before I get into the heart of my message today, I wanted to invite a special person to the stage today. He is the director of our uh, Celebrate Recovery ministry here at the church. Matt Sessoms does a wonderful job leading our Celebrate Recovery with a wonderful team around him. And they're going to be kicking off uh, a new session this upcoming Thursday night. So this is a wonderful opportunity for Matt to come up and share with you just a little bit because Matt has found freedom in Christ and through the Celebrate Recovery ministry along with myself and many others. But let's make Matt welcome now to share a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Y'all with me, right? Amen. God's good, ain't he? If you want, you wouldn't be able to show up here this morning. You wouldn't have the air to breathe. Everybody's, as uh, far as I know, got all their arms and legs and got shoes on your feet and a roof over your head and you had breakfast this morning. So God is good, amen? Amen. That's right. Uh, look, all good things come from God. And uh, I'm just here this morning to tell you, uh, uh, Jeff, and it may not work out like it did this morning uh, because I know this time is different than what it was this morning. But look, uh, I myself have come through Celebrate Recovery. God is still in the miracle working business. Amen. Look, he can still bring the dead to life. He can still breathe uh, hope in your situation no matter what it is. And uh, maybe uh, every Sunday morning you're sitting in these pews and you see something flash up about Celebrate Recovery. And uh, you've been wondering about Celebrate Recovery, what goes on at Celebrate Recovery. And uh, maybe you've just been uh, too... Uh, maybe I say, should say scared to come and find out about Celebrate Recovery showing up on Thursday night. But look, um, I want to tell you that Celebrate Recovery is a eight-principle, 12-step program. But what's different about our 12-step program is Jesus. Uh, look, NAAA are great programs, but the problem with them two, them two programs is they, they say that there's many roads to heaven. There's many gods. Uh, we don't believe that here at Mount Olive. Uh, there is only one God and only one Son of God, and His name is Jesus. And uh, we get our power through Jesus Christ. And, uh, but it takes a willingness on your part to change, but you're going to get the power through Jesus Christ. There's no power in, well, there is power in the program because it's based on the Word of God. Um, the eight, tw uh, eight principles, 12 steps, they all have their biblical comparisons, and uh, it's based on the Word of God. Just like any... Uh, directions that you need to get somewhere you've never been, uh, you need a road map. Or now we go to our phones and get our GPS out. We used to, it was a piece of paper, uh, and it was a road map. But you had to follow those directions and those turns and those uh, highways to get to where you wanted to go. And uh, it's just like in recovery. You want to be over here, but you're over here making poor choices, poor, poor life choices, whether it be drugs, alcohol, Look, we all go through stuff. Um, the Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Um, we're all in need of recovery. The Bible is a book of recovery. From the book of Genesis right on through Revelation, it is the story of God's plan and his purpose of recovery to restore us to himself. If there, we weren't in need of recovery, there would have been no need for the cross. Jesus came and died that we could be restored, that we could be washed, our sins could be washed away, and that we could be restored unto him and have a home in heaven. Ain't you grateful for that today? Amen. He said, I love you. But there's no power in the program other than Jesus Christ. There's no power in a person, no power in the program, 
The power comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Celebrate Recovery is a place that you can come and you can take your mask off and leave it at the door. It's a place that you can come and you can say, you know what, it's okay that I'm not okay. It's a place that you can come and you can feel safe and secure. You can share your hurts, your habits, your struggles. And look, there's going to be people there that can share with you that they were right there where you are. Look, I'm not standing up here telling you anything I don't believe in. January made 15 years of me being clean and sober. Yeah. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I can see. Jesus is still doing what he did yesterday. He's still doing it today. And Celebrate Recovery is a place that you can come and you can take your mask off and you can find freedom from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And it's a place that you can come and you can feel safe. It's a place that we, uh, we don't tell. You know, uh, whoever is there, that's what stays there. Whatever you hear there, that's what stays there. It's not because we're trying to have some secret cult separated from the church. It's because we want a place where people can come and they can feel safe and they can find healing from their hurts and habits. Look, redemption comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, uh, healing comes from Jesus. But there is something about being able to confess. The Bible says to confess your faults to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Look, what's going on inside of you is what the root of the problem is. The outward sin is just uh, our way of dealing with it, whether it be uh, drinking, alcohol, uh, or drugs, or whether it be pornography, overeating, gambling, uh, regret, depression, anxiety, you name it. We deal with it, right? Celebrate Recovery is just a place that you can come and you can find freedom through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And look, I, I sometimes I can hear better with my eyes than I can with my ears. And I know a lot of my people are gone. But if you're here this morning and you're any part or have ever been a part of Celebrate Recovery or somebody in your family has been part of Celebrate Recovery and their life has been changed, not through Celebrate Recovery, but by the power of God through Celebrate Recovery, would you be willing and, and, and brave enough to stand up for me right quick? Anybody that's been through Celebrate Recovery or still in Celebrate Recovery? Yeah. I want you to look around real quick. Y'all can be seated. Thank you for doing that. And I didn't call them out so they could be embarrassed or stand up. But look, these people have made a decision that they're going to live their life for Jesus Christ, and they don't mind telling and sharing with others. Look, it's not about me. Jesus didn't save me just for me. He saved me because he loves me, but he saved me and done a work in me that I can be a light to others and that I can share, he can share through me what he's done in others. Jesus done miracles out of love for others, but he also done them so he could show others his power and his love for each other. And uh, look, this Thursday night, we're going to be kicking off a, a new year of Celebrate Recovery, and Pastor Jeff was gracious enough to give me just a few minutes, and I know he's ready for his microphone back, but uh, that's why I stand on this side of the stage and he's over there. But look, I just want to invite you out to celebrate recovery. And look, you don't have to be uh, an addict or an alcoholic. We all go through stuff. We all go through challenges. We all go through hurts. We've all been hurt. We've all hurt others. Sometimes we drag stuff along with us like a, a, a big suitcase. And, uh, you know, we can't go into a healthy relationship with somebody else or, or 
being healthy for ourselves until we get rid of that baggage from our past. And uh, maybe you've got some issues you need to work through. That's okay. God can help you do it. And we're there at Celebrate Recovery every Thursday night. And I ain't kidding. I've been there, Pastor Jeff, 15 years, going on 15 years at Celebrate Recovery. And uh, could I stay home on Thursday nights? There has been some Thursday nights I would have loved to stay home. But I'll tell you what, there has never been a night that I showed up there that I was glad, that I was sorry that I showed up, if you get what I'm saying. There's been some nights that I didn't want to go, but there's never been a night that I went that I was sorry I went. Because I'm always lifted up by seeing what's going on through others' lives. And look, it's hard to get to know people on this side of the church and people on this side of the church on Sunday morning. We're better together. We need each other. Whether you believe it or not, no matter what the devil tells you, you need somebody. And Celebrate Recovery is just a place that you can come and you can be yourself and you can share your hurts, your habits, your struggles. And there's others there that can share with you uh, where they've been and, and what happened for them. And they can encourage you and, and let you know that it's okay. That uh, we're all God's children and he loves us and he has a plan for us. And he wants to use you to win others. Whether you believe it or not, you have a plan for your life and God wants to use you. Amen? All right. I'm done, Pastor. Great job. And no doubt the Lord has transformed Matt's life and many others. And uh, Living Proof will be here Thursday night. Uh, there will be singing. There will be uh, testimony night with all different kinds of worship songs. And they'll have a meal prepared. And they got a, also a, a booth set up here in the foyer today. Before you leave, if you're interested in knowing more about Celebrate Recovery or you know somebody that could benefit from it, uh, you can stop by and pick up some brochures and some cards to carry with you to place that information in their hands. But we're so grateful uh, for Matt and, and the team and what God is doing through our recovery ministry. I want to go ahead and continue to talk to you about finding freedom, finding freedom in Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, is where I'm going to be preaching from today powerful story of a man who has been changed by the power of God. I want to read to you uh, Mark chapter 5. Now Jesus, he's been in a boat with his disciples and they have been through a storm. And through the storm, Jesus stands up and rebukes the wind and the waves and does a miracle there. And then they come through that storm and they arrive uh, on the shore of this land. And when they arrive and get off the boat, they are encountered by this man that has a lot of issues in his life. Do you know some people with some issues in their life? And now we're going to pick up here in verse 1. Jesus and his disciples went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man was living in a graveyard. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Nobody could help this man. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, all day long, during the day and during the night, among the graveyard, in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. 
He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out in, of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. So he gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. Now he's dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, that's ten towns, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we come to you again today just rejoicing in your presence. Thanking you, Lord, for your word, your divine word that is alive. And we just pray that as your word is being proclaimed, there would be an anointing over everything that we do, an anointing to proclaim it, an anointing to receive it. God, that you would work and accomplish everything in this service for your glory. God, may your power be displayed and demonstrated over our lives today. God, break chains off of people's lives. God, set the captive free from any prison they may be in today. And God, bring peace. And God, bring new life and purpose to those of us who are gathered here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we read this story here about this man with many issues in his life, I would say that today there's many people that are gathered in this service who have their own issues. They have their own chains, if you will, chains that have shackled you in life, it could be chains of fear. It could be chains of failure. It could be chains of anger, chains of bitterness of maybe something that happened to you over time and maybe something that you've been through in a relationship and it's left you full of resentment and now you have this chain of bitterness on the inside. You could have the chain of anger, the chain of addictions like Matt was speaking of. Some of us have arrived today and there's the chains of shame of what we've done in our past, the, the chains of guilt of what we're, how we're dealing with those things in our life. Many of us have chains of regret today, wishing that we maybe would have done something different here and there. These chains that we all wear at times in our life, I don't care who you are, it may not be to the extent of what this man was, but... There are chains in our life, chains that will move you into a dark place. Some of you maybe are here today and you 
Don't know how in the world you ended up in the place that you're in. How you could end up in such a, a dis disappointing and discouraging and dark place. How in the world could it happen to me? How in the world could I find myself in this situation now wrapped in these chains? Many of you are here today and like this man, you've been wearing these chains for years and years and years. I heard a testimony of a lady last week. This lady was over 80 years old and she was telling the testimony of how she was wrapped in the chains of bitterness and the chains of anger because of something that somebody did in her family years and years and years ago. And now this woman is in her 80s and she's still walking around with these chains of bitterness and anger and resentment because of something somebody did to her. One man that I know very well who is actually running from God now, running as hard as he can away from God, a dear friend. And I know his story. I know why he's wearing the chains that he is wearing in his life right now because at a young age of nine, this boy, his daddy abandoned the whole family and left them. And now he's gone through life and he's gone through life chained with resentment and anger and rage and violence and addictions. He's wrapped in all kinds of chains. And all of us, friend, listen, every one of us can find ourselves, if we're not careful, wrapped in chains of grief and pain and disappointment and discouragement. The Bible says in this story here that this man had been in chains and he was also possessed by an evil spirit. It amazes me what Satan can do in a person's life. Satan, Satan can bring destruction into our lives. Listen to me this morning, please. I want you to know this morning that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He really does. But also Satan has a plan for your life too. We find it in John 10.10 10 when he says that the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan for your life. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of everything. Ultimately, he wants to take your life. That's what the enemy wants to do. And we're not told in this story, we're not, we're not told, it's not explained to us why and how these, de these demons entered this man's life and how they took control of him. But it could be that these demons entered his life because he was yielding himself to sin. Listen, friend, please pay attention to me. If, if you're yielding your life and allowing sin in your life, you are opening the door for the devil to come in and bring destruction and disappointment and darkness in your life. It could be that he was yielding to sin. It could be that he was hurt when he was younger and now his heart is full of uh, bitterness and, and resentment. And when you hold on to that bitterness and you hold on to that resentment because of the damage that somebody's done to you in your life, listen, I know it's painful. I know it's disappointing. I know it's discouraging. But when you let those chains wrap around you, friend, listen to me. You're opening the doorway for the devil to bring destruction in your life. And this man, this man in the story, he's the, he's the prime example of what the devil can do in your life. 
If the door is open, the devil will come in and he will deceive you and he will lure you into uh, a life of, of uh, sin and darkness and he will rob you of everything. This man lost everything. He lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his friends. He lost his home. He lost his mind. He lost his purpose. He lost his hope. Let me tell you something, friend. You're in a dangerous and dark place when you've lost all hope. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a discouraging place to be when there's no hope in your life. And here's the thing that I know because I've been right there. It can, I could just tell you in my testimony, friend, that Satan will come and he will deceive you into thinking that his ways are going to free you from your past. He's going to deceive you into thinking that he can free you from the disappointment that you're going through in your life, friend. He will come to you and deceive you. But what really happens is he takes you deeper into a darker and disappointing and discouraging place than you've ever been before. He actually takes you closer to death. The Bible says that this man lived in a graveyard he lived in a graveyard. What is a graveyard? A graveyard, friend, is a place, a place of tears. A graveyard is a place of past mistakes, a place of regrets, a, a place of what could have been, a place of no life. Could, could it be this morning that some of us have gathered here in this worship center and, and we're living in a spiritual graveyard? Maybe spiritually, you've been crying on the inside. There's tears because there's been no experience of God. There's no move of God in your life. And maybe because of what you've gone through, there's tears that are shed because of the pain that you're going through. Could it be some of us are here today and we're in a place of focusing in and on past mistakes and uh, regrets and what could have been if I would have just done this or if I'd have done that, things would have turned out different. And now, like this man, you're being tormented and tormented and tormented in a place that we call the graveyard. But here's the good news it says, Suddenly, this man, this man that's so uh, much in despair, and this man that is without hope, he sees Jesus coming from a distance. And when I see that and I read that in my Bible, aren't you grateful today that Jesus will come to you in the most disappointing and most painful times of your life? Has Jesus ever showed up when you were going through some of the most painful times of your life? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing up. He comes to us in our pain. He comes to us in our failures. He comes to us when our life is out of control. He comes to us when things are broken in our life. He comes to us when we're hurt. He comes to us when we're lost. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost. In Mark, Mark chapter 2, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to the righteous, but I've come to the sinner. Aren't you grateful that he comes to us? Can you imagine? Can you just imagine how this man felt? Here is Jesus, the Son of God. And he's coming to me I'm in one of the most darkest times and disappointing times of my life. Look at the scriptures. He's living alone. He's isolated. His family has left him. His friends have left him. They gave up on him. His family gave up on him. His friends gave up on him. Society gave up on him. In other words, in their eyes, this man was already dead. But the good news, friend, is Jesus never gives up on the dead. 
I said, Jesus never gives up on the dead. He can breathe life back into something that's dead again. He can raise it back to life again. Maybe your marriage needs to be raised back to life. Maybe there's some children in the home that need to be raised back to life. Maybe you spiritually need to be raised back to life. Jesus has the power to raise the dead, friend. He can raise the dead. And if you continue to read in this story, you'll see just a few verses later, he raises the dead daughter of Jairus. Because he has the power to raise the dead. He said in his word, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, he will live forever. Friend, you may be in a, feel like spiritually you're in a graveyard today, but good news is Jesus can come and breathe life back into your situation again. It says here in the word that Jesus came to this man and asked him his name. And here's what the man replied. He says, my name, my name is Legion. My name is Legion, which means many. You, you want to know my name? I have many, many names. My name, the man said, is depression. My name is bitterness. My name is discouragement. My name is shame. My name is guilt. My name is wounded. My name is alcoholic. My name is drug addict. My name is broken. My name is suicide. My name is hopeless. My name is out of control. My name is fearful. My name is fits of rage. This man was so possessed by the demons in him, he didn't even know who he was. And I wonder if that's a description of somebody here today. You don't know who you are anymore because of what's going on in your life, because of the chains. Let me tell you, friend, despite the demons that controlled this man, Jesus offered to cast these demons and evil spirits out of him. And that same offer he gave to that man is the same offer that he gives to every one of us today, friend. He can cast those evil spirits out of us. The Bible, yeah, go ahead and say thank you, Jesus. It's okay to clap. Give me time to catch my breath. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed to set the captives free. This man said, listen, when you cast this evil spirit out of me, don't, don't just cast it out. I want you to cast it into those pigs over there. And Jesus cast it into the pigs, and the pigs jumped off the cliff and landed into the sea. Aren't you grateful today, friend, that Jesus drowns our sins in the sea? Hallelujah. He drowns our sins in the sea. I want you to deliver me, Jesus. Cast this evil spirit out of me, but don't just cast it out. Cast it out into the sea, never to be remembered again, never where it can come back to me again and damage my life or damage my family. Cast it out and drown it in the sea. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has the power over sin, power to drown our sins in the sea. The Bible says in John eight thirty six that if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Jesus can free you this morning. Listen to me, friend. You showed up today. I don't care who you are. Uh, grandpa, grandma, mom, dad, whoever you are, child, it doesn't matter. Jesus has the power over sin in your life. He can free you today. He can free you today, free you from sin, free you from fear. He can free you from your pain of the past. He can free you from your wounds. He can free you from your failures. He can free you from your regrets. He can free you from your struggles. He can free you from your depression. He can free you from any addiction in your life. He can free you from shame and guilt. He can free you from any bitterness, friend. If you'll walk with Jesus and receive him, he will free you completely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You can walk through life free with Jesus. You can find freedom in Jesus because the Bible says that he, Jesus, took the weight. He took the weight of our sin on himself and when he went to the cross at Calvary. Finding freedom in Christ can be a reality in your life today, friend, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, because of the price that he paid. Do you understand that we deserve that punishment and we deserve that shame? We deserved all the suffering that he went through, but he did it because he wanted to take our place and all of our sins were laid upon him. And I bring you good news today, friend, that Jesus has invited you on this Sunday morning to lay your sins upon him, to lay your sins upon him, to lay your struggles upon him, to lay your pain upon him, to lay your past upon him, to lay all regrets upon him. Lay it on Jesus today so he can set you free. God, help us today to lay our burdens on Christ, lay our sins on Christ. Listen to what Isaiah 53 says, talking about Jesus. Surely he bore our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. Friend, you can lay it. You can lay your sins on Jesus today and he will forgive you. Listen to me. I heard a man put it this way just the other day. He says it's like walking into God's courtroom. You walk into God's courtroom and this Lamb of God, Jesus, the one who knew no sin and who became sin, that we may have the righteousness of God. We can walk into God's courtroom and God will declare us not guilty because now we have the righteousness of God in us through Jesus Christ. Listen, when you walk into that courtroom and you stand before this holy God, and it's going to happen one day, friend, the Bible says that judgment is going to come. And you will stand, and he will look at you, and he will say, there's no record of evil, there's no record of wrong in your life, there's no record of sin in your life, because you trusted in Jesus Christ. And now, friend, you are free. You are free. Hallelujah. And you can walk in that freedom today as you trust in Christ. You can be free from the graveyard of sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It all starts with you placing it all on Jesus. Through the cross, Jesus bore our sins. We are made righteous in God's eyes, friend, not anything that we do. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags, but through Jesus Christ, we have the righteousness of God. I didn't say it. God said it. And he wants to change your life. Jesus set this man free by delivering him of his sins and transforming his life. The Bible says when they came back to where Jesus was at, they, they saw this man. He's clothed and now he's in his right mind. This man that was crying out night and day and naked, now, friend, he's been restored. Aren't you grateful that Jesus can restore you? He can restore you, give back to you what the devil's taken away, and he gives new life. Jesus gives new purpose. Jesus makes all things new. If you'll receive Jesus Christ into your life, I promise you today that he'll begin to make all things new again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 
If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, and guess what? The what? New. The new has come. You will be a new person. You'll have a new hope. You'll have a new joy. You'll have a new peace. You'll have a new purpose. You'll be changed, friend. Jesus, when he comes into your life, he will change you and transform you. Instead of walking around disappointed in darkness and always discouraged, now you'll be walking around with a living hope on the inside, filled with the love of God. He will change you. He will change you. I was thinking about some of the uh, folks that come to church here and some of their testimonies. And I was reminded about how God can transform our lives. Did you know, uh, I used to call it Thirsty Thursday. We'd leave and on the way home for work, uh, you would stop at a bar or pick uh, or at the beer store. Did you know there's some guys now that on Thirsty Thursday, because Jesus has transformed their lives, that they no longer stop at the beer store on Thursday. They come out here to the church. They pull out a grill. They start cooking pork chops and hamburgers for the Celebrate Recovery people that are coming so they can find out about God and their life can be changed. Hallelujah. <laughs> people that's been transformed by the power of God. Jesus will change your life. Now instead of cussing somebody out and tearing into them for no reason. Now they're going around and you see them at Walmart and see them in town and they're telling everybody about the transforming power of Jesus. One of the guys that, were, that was here in the first service just a few weeks ago, now I will go ahead and tell you, he was kind of a rough guy. Rough guy. I'm not going to call no names, Johnny Kennedy. Have y'all seen Johnny here today? Johnny sent me a message and, and I know where Johnny, what God's done in Johnny's life and it's been a tremendous work. Johnny said, well, I just want you to know just a few weeks ago I was at church and uh, we, at that same day Johnny came, a, a law enforcement officer showed up here today on that day with his wife and Johnny sent me a message and said, I just want you to know that me and that guy used to have a couple run-ins and uh, we, had a few, we had an exchange of words while we were here at the service. And I was like, Lord Jesus, what fire do I need to go put out now? And Johnny said, I just went right up to him and I told him that I sure am sorry for all the trouble I've caused in your life and the pain and the problems and the disappointments I've caused in your life. That's what Jesus will do to you, friend. Jesus will change your life. He will turn you around no longer running from the law, no longer causing problems for the law, but now, friend, just being a light for Jesus Christ in our community. Do you know there's people here that, that just uh, years ago that they were out there and some of them were cooking dope? Some of them were cooking dope? And now they're putting together changing tables for our nursery and for our pre-K kids? Friend, I'm just telling you, man, when Jesus gets a hold of your life, he will transform you and you will not be the same person. Hey, hallelujah. And he can do it to you today. He'll change your life. Instead of blowing your money on gambling and on alcohol and on drugs, we got people now, hey, take this money and give it to that single mom in our church so she can help her with her kids. Jesus will change your life. He'll change you. He'll make you free so you can go tell others. This man, he, he wanted to go with Jesus. I want to go with you, Jesus. Take me with you. And Jesus said, no, you go back to your family. And you go back to that hometown you're from and you tell all those people about how good God's mercy 
and how good God's love is. So now he goes on this mission and he goes and he tells the people how Jesus can deliver you from evil things. Are you going, are you, do you feel like you're going through some evil stuff in your life, friend? Jesus can deliver you from it. He's going out and telling people how that Jesus can drown those things in your life that torment you. He's telling people how Jesus can renew your mind, that you don't have to live in that same mindset of the past, that you can be a new person by the transforming power of God. He's going and telling people how Jesus can clothe you again with his righteousness. He's telling people that no matter how far gone you are, that you can still have hope through Jesus Christ. He's going around telling everybody about how God has changed his life. When's the last time you told somebody about how God changed your life? Or the question is, has God changed your life? God, help us today. I'm going to ask if you'll come and lead us and help me close this service down, please, ma'am. That maybe you would be like this man and open your heart, like many others that Matt and the ones that stood. Open your heart to the transforming power of God that he can come in and change you. You might be bad, but God can still change you. You might be good, but you'll never be good enough to make it to heaven. You still need Jesus. Is it anybody's desire today in this place that you want to surrender your life to Jesus and be free? in this story there's some people that rejected Jesus they, they wanted him to leave they ran him out of town well, what are you what are you going to do today what, which person are you going to be are you going to be somebody that's going to let Jesus cast those things out of you and set you free or are you going to be one of those that's going to just say no I don't I don't need you Jesus you need to get out of here we read in this story where this man fell down and bowed down to Jesus you know why he bowed down? Because one day every knee will bow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And one day every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's king over any sin in your life. He's king over any work of darkness. He's king over any disappointment that you're going through. He's king over any discouragement that you're going through today, friend. But it all starts when you bow down.